Welcome to this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg Griffith as we together learn what it means to be leaders of our world as we faithfully love and faithfully lead. Like, share, rate, and review this podcast with your friends and others of influence for they too are looking for people like you to help them lead and love day to day. Without further ado, here is your host, Greg Griffith. Hey, welcome to my leadership podcast. And this month, I really wanted to take some time and I wanted us to think about some of the new ways of leadership in the middle of this global pandemic. But before we begin uh, to talk about those learnings, I just want to share with you kind of how I began to really think about some of the issues that we're going to confront today. And I'm sure you're like me that you can remember the moment and the area and the places that this all started to feel real and way different. I happened to be in Atlanta at a leadership network event for next generation pastors. And I remember still flying out on March 10th to Atlanta. And this was when it was all starting to begin just slowly. And I remember being in the airplane and realizing that my flight wasn't full, but it wasn't empty. I remember seeing people in the airport and they had, some had masks, but they weren't on, they were just around their neck. And I remember seeing the Chicago airport, not as full as it had been, but definitely still travel was going. And I remember commenting to a good friend of mine and just saying, it's so weird to see all these people with masks. Fast forward just 48 short hours. And I heard from another person in our cohort, one of our leaders in the cohort, whose church was in Southern California that their church had now been shut down. This was a mega church with thousands upon thousands of weekly attenders. And I remember thinking to myself, this is going to hit home for us as well. My team had begun preparing to have church in a different way, but still with our gathering. And I remember saying, I would like to speak in to some of the things that our team was working on. Namely, how we would receive offering and how we would do communion. And I remember meeting with our team on Thursday in the Atlanta airport. And I knew at that moment that life was going to change and change dramatically. If you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, you know that a place that tells you the busyness of one of the world's busiest airports is Chick-fil-A. Well, that day, there was no line 
in Chick-fil-A at the Atlanta airport. I remember calling our team and doing a FaceTime shot of the airport and its emptiness. I remember getting on the airplane and I remember talking to the flight attendant who I had asked and said, is the flight full? And she said, only about 40% full. And I said, how's it been going? And she said, well, we've seen every day less and less people flying. So there we were, just coming off a discussion of how we'll do communion and how we'll do the offerings when I land. And the next morning, Friday, I had a morning call with my CFO and my executive director and our executive team. And on that morning call, we decided that we understood that we had many things that were outside of our control. And so we'll immediately put into a plan of the things we can control. And really, like any business leader, the only thing you actually can control are what you spend. And so we put into a plan for how we would spend and what we would shut down. And little did we know that a few short hours later, all services in our state, as well as for the most part in all of the country, would be canceled. It was different. It was a different reality. We no longer had to worry about how will we do communion on site and how will we receive our tithes and offerings and how will we speak and share with those who don't know and that aren't there. For our church was a church that hadn't yet live streamed and now we were going to live stream. Matter of fact, that was the only way that we could get our message and our services out to people. March 15th became a two-week shutdown. I still vividly remember thinking and sharing with others, this can't last into Easter. There's no way. A couple weeks, but by April 5th or April 4th, whenever East Palm Sunday would be, we'll be back to normal. Normal. Like, like we understood what normal would be. Well, I'm sure you're like me that that 15-day window has turned into a 45-day shutdown. And I'm sure your team is like our team, that you're now doing 45-day evaluations and you're planning month to month, not year to year. The new reality, is this temporary? I don't think it is. Now we know it's not. There's some changes that have come out of this. There are some things that will be done differently for the rest of our knowing how to lead. Business practices will be changed indefinitely. Airplanes will be cleaned in new ways. We're even talking about the reality that the standard American greeting of a handshake may be gone forever. The world just changed on us overnight. So now I want to share some learnings 
that we have together because I'm sure you're a little like me. There's a lot of fear in this. In my 16 years as a pastor, in nine of them being a lead pastor of congregations of size and influence, we've never experienced this. We've gone from being able to gather and to meet and to strategize and to plan to Zoom meetings and we don't know what tomorrow will look like. And there's some opportunities that we have in this and this is what I wanna share as leaders because I think that leaders have an opportunity to look at things and understand that things will never be like they were before. And a leader would say this, that's a good thing. Because that means that we see new ways and new things. And, and, and I want to share with you these. And, and so I'm going to run through four things together professionally. Things that, that I learned and am still learning in the field. And understand this, that I don't believe we have all the answers I don't believe that it's all figured out. I believe that we're still going to learn, that we don't know what these next month, two months, four months, six months, 12 months look like. But first, I believe as leaders, we have an obligation. We have an obligation, and, and this is what leadership looks like, that we have an obligation to help others in regular life. And I think we're seeing this just in our normal rhythm and routine and day. We're seeing neighbors helping neighbors. We're seeing friends helping friends. We're seeing friends helping enemies. Yeah, we're seeing people help one another. And I think leaders see obligations to help each other in regular life, but especially in a crisis. Remember, leaders are the ones who run towards a fire. Not to be in the middle of the fire, but to see who needs help and who needs to be rescued in the fire. And I think if I'm speaking to you as a fellow church leader, I would ask you this question. What in your church have you done to help someone who's hurting? And I'm not just talking about the standard ministry context. I'm talking also about the churches. If you're in a church of influence and of size or in a church where there's financial resources to weather this storm, however long it may be, have you reached out to a church that can't? Have you reached out to a church that maybe they don't have a person that knows how to fill out the stimulus packaging properly? Have you reached out to a church that's never been online? And that when you're looking at their services, you can tell they have no idea what they're doing. Have you reached out to a church that's a portable church that doesn't have a spot to film and to record their services? How are you helping someone who is in a crisis that isn't sure what's next? How are you helping in your local community? 
how are you coming alongside those in our community that are in great need? I guarantee now you have unemployed people in your community. You have sick people in your community. You have children who are at home that are in need of relationship and engagement. And how are you helping your staff? How are you giving them assurances? How are you letting them know what they can know? You see, we have an obligation to help those who are in need. And it doesn't mean that we meet this obligation fully. It does mean, though, that we address it. It just simply means reaching out to our local leaders, to local pastors, and to others and saying, how do we help? It means sharing information with one another, letting people know about crisis and surveys and getting a pulse of our congregation. It means letting people know on social media that you want to help them. And it means being attuned to seeing what are the needs that are amongst us. Where are they? So first, what are our obligations and how are we meeting those obligations? Second, a leader sees opportunities. What are the new opportunities in your vocation and your industry? What are the new ways to do things that have never been done before? For us in the church, I think the new opportunities that are here are how do we reach out in a digital age? What does it look like when we spent so much time gathering a footprint of facilities that now we realize that those facilities maybe aren't necessary completely to do ministry? What does it look like to have staffs deployed all over into homes and maybe someday into businesses? What does it look like to have the opportunities that we have to raise up spiritual leaders in our community and in our midst? What does it look like to raise up spiritual heads of households to do word and sacrament ministry alongside in the church that they serve to their families and to their neighborhoods? Restarting and vitalizing the Acts Church model that we talk so much about. Oh, there's so many opportunities. And where have you been freed up in your opportunities to do something that you couldn't have done without a crisis? What do you mean by that? Meaning right now is an opportunity to see and to say, how do we do things differently? And recognizing that people are open and desiring to continue to do some things in new and unique ways. One of the ways for us as we began this is we realized that we needed to have our annual assembly for our church gathering, our voters assembly. That in May, we always have a vote for who will be our next board of lay ministry. Well, We knew we wouldn't have it on a Sunday gathering. And we looked and our constitution allowed us to have it because there wasn't language against it to do an email vote. And so last week we launched the first ever email vote in our congregation's history. 
So where are some unique opportunities to do something different? Something that everyone can understand? Where are some unique opportunities for us to reach out on social media and to engage people in new ways? And I think too, one of the opportunities for us is to really look and to say, what is making an impact in people's lives? What are the needs that are there right now? Whether they're top fives or whether they're spiritual journeys into teaching and leading prayer, whatever they may be. We're seeing these opportunities take place throughout every sector of our public industries. You're seeing tonight shows and other shows that are done from homes. We're hearing about cooking segments that are done in their own kitchens from these celebrity chefs. And we're even hearing that some of these industries, when they're able to get back into studios, will leave some segments of their shows in their celebrities' living rooms. This is where we've begun as a team and as a staff to ask the question, what do we want to keep that we've been doing? What do we want to continually adjust to whatever a new rhythm and new routine is? And what has died that we're just going to leave dead and not resurrect? I don't have those answers, but I know that there's things that every team and every leader is talking about. What are some of the new things that has sprung up out of this pandemic? What are some of the new ways for you to do and lead in your workplace? I, we've seen this over and over. We've seen some people that have been laid off that have said, this is now when I'm gonna start a new job. This is now when I'm gonna start a new career. This is now when I'm gonna start my new business. There's an opportunity that's there. So again, leaders recognize their obligations, they seize their opportunities, and they weigh their options. Now, when we look at what are our options in the middle of all this, there's really almost three responses. First, we can sit in the depths of this pandemic and this crisis. We can look at what was and we can wallow. We can wallow and we can invite others to have a pity party with us and to just say, remember the days, remember the times. And we can wallow and say, I can't believe this is happening. Why me? Why now? Woe is me. And we can invite people to join with us. And, and really, that's the wrong way. That's not an option of survival, but that's an option of self-pity and doubt. We can also take the option of taking this time to teach from an ivory tower, to stand our ground on what was and to say, we will wait this out and the world will not change from this. That everything will be back to normal and we don't grow in any way in this. We just look and say, this is the way it has to be, and it was the way it was, and it's the way I'm comfortable, and it's the way I know, and we're just going to wait this out, and we will go back to the way it was. And candidly, there will be a lot in my industry, a lot of church leaders that will do that. 
that once this goes back, they will shut down their digital services. They will go back to their communion only in the ways that they know how, that they will say that we will do church the way that church has been done for the last hundred years. And they'll realize that a hundred years doesn't make a legacy, but it just makes a lifetime. So the third option is what I believe the best option of leadership shares. And that's an acknowledgement that things are unique, things are different, and things are difficult. But we're together in these trenches, and we'll get through this together. And that out of this will come new partnerships, new permissions, and new paradigms. And this is where we as teams look and say who is flexible, who's adaptable, and who's really able to make an adjustment. And let me share this with you right now too. I believe that every church, every industry today has proven that we can make changes like a speedboat. It doesn't always have to be a cruise ship or an ocean liner. We can turn in a moment's notice. This pandemic has taught that to every one of us. The big three auto industry have shut down and have begun to make ventilators. It took a presidential proclamation, but they did it. Your church, my church, no matter what size it was, has adjusted to the reality of not having people in its building on its highest of holy days, Easter. And we got through this. Matter of fact, some would say that the Christian church preached more on Easter this year to people than it has in the history of Christianity. Flexible and adaptable. It is how we'll get through this. It hasn't been easy. I think we've all had moments of struggle and hurt and heartache. I'm sure that you're like me, that there's times you've wondered, why me? I'm sure there's times you've looked at your teams like I have at my team and have said, I don't know what to do. I'm sure there's been times where you've stopped and said, I've just got to take a walk. And those times will keep coming. You know, I remember for me very vividly one of those times when our team gathered around a computer Zoom meeting where plans had been made, decisions had been solidified, and implementation began to happen. And then it was a short, quick walk to the fridge for some snacking, a quick scroll of our Facebook, 
and a recognition that all the plans we made were impossibilities because new guidelines and new restrictions had come. And there's that moment of just slumping down on the couch and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And then the Zoom meeting resumes. And we're flexible and we're adaptable. We make some changes and we set a new course and a new chart for a new day. Because this leads us to the fourth, and if you're a Christian, you understand these. If you're not, these are realities that we hold as truths about our God that uphold us in the most critical times and uphold us today. And that's that fourth O that's our Lord is the Lord of the Omnis. He is omnipresent. He's with us everywhere we go and always. That he is omnipotent. That he has power beyond our own understanding. And that he is omniscient. That he knows everything before we're going to get there. We don't know how we're going to come out of COVID-19, but God does. And so we trust in him. Lastly, I think as a leader, I would want to end with this. It doesn't matter what you do for a vocation or who you are, but you are a leader. And we have the obligation, the opportunity, and the option to lead every single day as we lead our families. And so how are you leading your family? I'm praying that you're leading with a calming presence and an understanding to know that you are reliant on others right now. Your neighbors, your friends, your spouse, your children, one another. And that you're leading by saying, this is not who will define us, but this will be a story in our history. And that we will tell this story over and over again to the generations that come. I was thinking about this the other day as I was on a walk with my wife. And I said, you know, it will be really fascinating when someday we'll get, we'll get a call from our children, our daughters, who will say, Mom, Dad, can we come over? I'll say, sure. Why? Because your grandson, your granddaughter, has a school assignment to talk about the day that the world stood still in 2020. I said to her, man... The stories will tell about that time. You have an opportunity to lead in your job. Influence doesn't come in titles or in being allowed at a table. It comes in innovation and in seeing a need and going and doing it, meeting it, filling it. I don't care what you do or what level of 
responsibility you have in your career. You are a leader. And today, every single CEO, CFO, COO, CMO, C chief, whatever it may be, is giving permission and yearning for people to step up with innovation and inspiration. So lead in your job. And lastly, lead yourself well. Stay healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Take walks, take talks, and take time to pause and to reflect where God is going. Today is a day that the world will see that there are leaders in you and me. And we're real. We're human. We're vulnerable. And we're courageous. Thank you for being a part of this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg next month for leadership insights to faithfully love and faithfully lead. Now go be terrific today.